0: And I'm trying something a little bit different today. I'm going to actually start trying to uh, record a podcast. I'm calling it the uh, Fact Check This podcast. I had fun doing that episode uh, or that uh, little video last week or whenever it was I did that. Uh, so I'm going to give this thing a shot. I had uh, kicked around the idea of calling it the Basement Dwellers podcast, but uh, since I do this from my basement, and, you know, that's kind of the... Uh, the common, uh, joke about libertarians is we all live in our, we're all 30-something white guys living in our mom's basements that have never had girlfriends. Uh, I'm happily married and have kids, so obviously I have made it past the having a girlfriend part, and it's not my mom's basement, it's my own basement, which also happens to be my bedroom and everything else, but, uh, as I got to looking into that one, I found out that, uh. That's a pretty popular YouTube channel and podcast name for uh, Dungeons and Dragons enthusiasts as well as just a bunch of other really weird stuff. So I decided to go with the uh, fact check this instead and we'll see how that goes. Uh, So I'm gonna try to do a little bit longer of a video and actually talk about uh, more stuff today than what I normally do, Uh, cover more topics and we'll see how it goes. Uh, this will just be kind of a uh, fun side venture for me, I suspect. And it'll probably get about as much attention as these videos have up to this point, anyway. But I enjoy it. I don't uh, do it for really anything other than my own amusement, as with many things in life. Um, so I was listening to the uh, Human Action podcast, which is put on by the Mises Institute, and they are. Uh, going through and discussing Hans Hermann Hoppe's uh, Democracy, the God that Failed. And the guy who was on the show last week, uh, he had talked about how democracy ensures a uh, peaceful transition of power from one regime to the next, if that's what you want to call, you know, Republicans and Democrats in our case, Uh, I would argue that they're both the same regime, just uh, pretending on the surface to be different. But nonetheless, like the promise of democracy is peaceful transition of power. And the the thing that he had mentioned about that was that it, it produces spineless leaders, like the The way that a smooth and peaceful transition works is nobody's actually losing power. Like they don't uh, they don't care that they're being replaced because they're not being replaced. they They just get to to fall back and have a slightly different degree of power, but they're still in power like it, it nothing actually changes. And I think with this election cycle, we're kind of starting to see a little bit of a departure from that. Um, mostly mostly because the left is so caught up in the level of power that they have and wanting to expand that and get more. And they're seeing that they've kind of, uh, they've kind of hit that glass ceiling. Like there's a, a certain level of power that they've gotten to And it's turning people off. And now they're becoming much more militant, more violent, more outrageous, more outlandish, just all in all more aggressive and uh, to a certain extent more warlike in the way that they're handling their power. And uh, like it was a it was a foregone conclusion that hillary would win in 2016. Uh, they had obama and for eight years and they got their taste of uh, that power that they had been missing after uh, clinton had left office and then eight years of bush and they were also seeing that power come about in a time when the United States was starting to drastically change. You had a younger generation coming up that didn't have some of those—I uh, don't know—a better way to put it—didn't have some of the moral qualms about things. Didn't have the uh, the level of work ethic, and uh, you're starting to see the you know the the democratic socialist movement coming into more of the limelight of people who want to see the government provide everything for them people don't want to do it for themselves anymore like they there's this it's an entire generation that feels entitled to just have whatever they want or think that they need uh at the expense of everybody who already has it and so you you get obama and a shifting uh, Democratic Party in a shifting culture, and they they got that power, and then it was just a foregone conclusion for them that it was never going to end, that they were going to have this power forever, and then you got the just the absolute shock of Trump, and and not only was it an absolute shock because a Republican won after. John McCain and Mitt Romney just so horribly failed. And to be fair, John McCain and Mitt Romney horribly failed because they were absolutely horrible candidates to begin with. Like, it was, for me personally, I think Obama was, and the the massive, uh, like, Margin of victory that he had was much less a uh, referendum on how good Obama was, and much more so a referendum on how bad Republicans have gotten and how bad John McCain and Mitt Romney were. Uh, I was already one foot out the door uh, with the Republican Party anyway, and then when they nominated McCain. I mean, just a career war hawk that had no interest in doing anything other than continuing senseless wars all over the world to prop up the industrial military complex and pad the pockets of politicians. When that was the guy they picked as the Republican nominee, like I, I washed my hands completely. Like I'm done with the Republican Party at that point. Uh, And like I said, I mean, I was already one foot out the door anyway, but that just that was basically the battering ram that pushed me all the way out the door never to return. Like at this point, there is nothing the Republican Party can do that would ever get me to come back because of McCain. And then to turn around and pick a just flaccid candidate like Mitt Romney in 12, it was an embarrassment to anybody who considers themselves a conservative or uh, like a, a hardcore republican you all should have walked away from the party after 08 and 12 and so that was another thing that you know that was a part of what made trump what trump was is he was a total removal from that and that's what brought a, a lot of that you know strong republican uh, base back I mean, there were a lot of Republicans and a lot of people who voted for Obama instead of McCain, who voted for Obama instead of Romney. They came back to the Republican Party and voted for Trump because Trump was a step away from all of that awfulness that they had seen the the Republican Party become. And the Republican Party is still every bit of that. But Trump, at least on the surface in 2016, was a departure from it. But at that point, you know the the Democrats had had such power, and then Trump was such a flamboyant and divisive figure, just because of his tweets and the way he behaves himself and the way he carries himself and everything, you know, all the Trumpian mannerisms that he that he brings. It made that defeat even more shocking. Like, a they thought they were going to have power forever. B they thought there was no way that somebody like Trump could win and then he did and it set the Democratic Party moving in a direction that even the even the Democrats uh, like the career Democrats who are you know normal party, they're gonna have a, a hard time returning back to any sort of a middle from this. So so what you get from all of that is going forward, the the Democratic Party is going to be much more militarized in the way that it handles things. And what you're going to end up having happen now is regardless of who wins this election, there is no going back to normal. Like the... This is what the Democratic Party has become. And the more radicalized and the more outlandish that that party becomes, it's going to push the, the right even further in that direction. And so what you know nothing nothing good or positive is really going to come from this going forward. It's just going to be more push far to the left and push far to the right. And it's going to leave everybody in the middle. It's going to create a growing middle that is unhappy with both sides and i think we're seeing that a lot right now but a lot of a lot of people on both sides are still too blue-pilled that they think that republicans or democrats are going to solve their problems and republicans and democrats have created the problems not one side or the other both. They are both complicit in creating every single problem that we have in the United States right now. Uh, And I think as we go forward, regardless of the outcome of this election, you're going to see that swelling middle that realizes that, and people are going to become continually more and more red-pilled and wake up to the fact that none of these politicians have your best interest in in mind. Like they are only in it for themselves and for the power that they can grab from it. And one of the things that uh so Amy Coney, Coney Barrett was confirmed yesterday and it is, you know, total outrage. Total outrage. The the left just can't believe that they would ram through this nomination. Can you really not though? Because it was kind of a foregone conclusion. Uh they have the presidency and the senate they're going to get their nominee in and they're going to get the nominee confirmed if the democrats had the power and the roles were reversed they 1 million percent would have done it and the republicans just did what any politician with half a fucking brain would do is they did it they rammed it through so now all the talk is well once the once the democrats take back the presidency, and take the Senate, then they're just going to ram through all these uh, new Supreme Court justices, and they're going to pack the courts, and da 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 How do you think that's going to work? Like, How do you think that's going to work? The entire reason that Amy Coney Barrett and Brett Kavanaugh got confirmed to begin with is because the Democrats rammed through legislation To change the rules from having to have 60 votes in the Senate to confirm a justice to just having a majority. Like, If you, as a Democrat, are pissed off that the Republicans ramped through a nominee with a 52 to 48 vote margin, the only person you have to blame is yourself. Maybe not yourself, but the people that you think support you, the people that you think represent you, because Harry Reid and the Democrats rammed through changing legislation to make it a majority vote, not the 60 that used to be required. So now, all you have to do is hold a 51-49, and that, and if you, if they follow up, and turn around and get control, and they. Pack the courts, which has shown almost across the board, <clears throat> almost across the board, people do not support that. Uh, there are uh, tons of polls out there. I was looking at one from uh, Rasmussen yesterday that, like, overwhelmingly, almost 70% and maybe higher than that of people polled do not support packing the court. Like, the average person is smart enough to see that this is not a good idea because the only thing it does is it establishes precedent. So then, because whether they believe it or not, Democrats are not going to hold power indefinitely. So if they do it, and then four years from now, the Republicans get power again, they're going to turn around and do the same fucking thing. Like, it, you you think that you're giving yourself a boost in the moment, but it just sets precedent for the other side to do the exact same same thing next time around. And that's, I mean, it's the failing of the two-party system anyway, is it's just a, it is all a power struggle back and forth between the two, and they don't ever actually accomplish anything. They don't ever get anything done. They just keep going back and forth, making things worse. And it's, it's a fundamental portion of Hoppe's uh, democracy, the God that failed is that democracy is, and it's why we don't have a true democracy, uh, which I've talked about before, and I don't want to elaborate too much on that, but like democracy is effectively mob rule. It's whoever has the loudest voice and the most votes gets to impose their will on whoever is quieter and or doesn't have as many votes. It's why the changing the 60 votes needed to confirm a Supreme Court justice to just a majority was a terrible idea to begin with, because then there's absolutely no need for bipartisanship whatsoever. You just need to get 51. And like the slimmest of margin, and you can... Control everything, and that's why we don't have true democracy. That's why we have a republic. That's why all of the the bullshit uh, posts where it shows a map of the United States and says California has four million people right here, and all of these states combined have four million people, but California only has two senators, and all of these states have fourteen senators. That's the way it's supposed to work. If it wasn't for the Senate and that division of power and keeping things level where that each state had an equal say in the federal government, there never would have been a United States to begin with. The smaller states never would have agreed to it. I'm pretty sure Rhode Island and a couple others actually left and didn't want anything to do with it and had to be called back and presented with the opportunity of, hey, we're going to create this thing called the Senate and we're going to give every state an equal voice. So we'll have the House, which has less power than the Senate, that is going to be based on population. So the bigger states have a bigger say. But at the end of the day, the Senate gets to say yes or no, and each state is going to be represented equally. That way, everybody can have an equal say. And by destroying the the checks and balances that were built into the system that forced states to get along and forced everybody to have some sort of an agreement and to get on the same page, you just created this awful bipartisan, what we see now. And it's only gonna get worse, like it's only gonna get worse. And like, I sincerely believe that this country as it is right now is not long for existence. Like it it really doesn't matter. Uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Uh, I really do believe that we're, you know, five years away from the end of the United States of America as it's currently comprised. If Joe Biden wins, we may be two or three years away from it because the second that the Democrats start packing the courts and make DC and, uh, Start creating states, start adding senators, start adding congresspeople to tip the balance of power in their direction. The more you're going to start seeing those middle of the middle of the country states just say, I'm out. If you're just going to railroad us out of having any voice at all, we're not going to stay and we're not going to participate in this ship. Uh, California, New York, like some of the big, high-population states that really drive the blue uh, total number of votes, they're already talking about if Trump wins, they're wanting to secede. Like you would see the the Northeast and the whole Pacific Coast want to break off and form their own countries and not be a part of this if Trump wins. And they this country is not long for existence. It has reached a point of division that it's unsustainable. And as much as I hate to say it, because and I, I was a hardcore Republican for many years. And as, as hardcore of a Republican as I was, I see a lot of value in some of the ideals of old school liberalism. Uh you know, the helping helping people and and that kind of stuff. And I really I really really wanted there to be a good democratic candidate to run against Trump. If they had picked if they had picked somebody like Tulsi Gabbard I would have definitely voted democrat at least for for her specifically even if it had been someone like uh like pete booty judge or andrew yang like given if it was it was the right if they had the right cabinet appointees and vice president and the policy lined up a little less far left and came a little bit more to the middle which i I think both of those were getting there anyway. I would have given it a stronger consideration. But then they went with like the author of the 94 crime bill and the most brutal enforcer of those laws as the president and vice president. And it's just like, did you not learn anything at all from 2016? Like these establishment just awful people are not, winners. And even if he does win, it's not going to help anything. Like they are just just broadening the divide between the right and the left. And it's embarrassing. It's like it's embarrassing that this is what our country has come to. And it's embarrassing to the point that the country just needs to end anyway. Like it, it really does. I I hate to say that. I am a proud American. I have I have flown an American flag. I love my country and I love everything about it, and I will defend America to its to its death, which may be soon, but I will defend it to its death, because I do believe that the founding of this country was based on good ideals and good principles and things that make the world a better place. But damn it, we have gotten so far away from that that I don't see how we ever get back, Not, not with what we've got. And that's a shame that's really a shame. Uh, it's, uh, it's a sad thing. And I don't have a whole lot else to say about that. Like hopefully, hopefully when it all does play out, it happens moderately peacefully. And like, if, if it's Trump that wins and the democratic states say they want to leave, I don't think anybody's fighting that. Like, nobody's going to be like, okay, no, we have to, we have to invade these places and, Uh, put military presence there and force them to stay a part of the union. Like I think Republicans will pretty well just be like, okay, fuck you, go ahead. I do feel like if it's the other way around, there would be a much stronger push uh, for it to be violent and confrontational because for as much as the left may not like uh the middle part of the country, there is a large value that is brought by the middle part of the country that I don't know that that uh, a divided United States without that could survive anyway, like it the United States would not be able to allow large portions of the the middle America. The Corn Belt and all of that to just break away and not be a part of it, and still be functional because that's—I mean—that's a huge swath right through the middle of the of the country that, uh, if it's not involved anymore and it secedes and and doesn't have anything to do with the country, there's a there's a lot that's lost there that would make it untenable for the rest of the country to survive. So in that case, I could definitely see it being uh, very contentious and and uh, possibly violent. And I, I really hope that doesn't come to be, but at this point, I think we should all have the uh, the realistic understanding that that's very well what it could come to. Uh, the only other thing I really wanted to talk to or talk about today was the Hunter Biden laptop stuff. And I, I really don't I don't think I want to talk about it all that much. Um, At this point, if you don't know what's going on with the Hunter Biden laptop, it's either... It's because you're living under a rock. Like, you are actively avoiding knowing about it. Or you get all of your news exclusively from CNN, MSNBC, ABC. I mean, you are exclusively feeding off of mainstream propaganda. And they will not talk about it because it reflects poorly on Joe Biden. Uh, the more that comes out about it, like it looks like Hunter Biden was a pretty awful, awful fucking person. But it continues to get more and more released that seems to tie Joe back into it. That for as awful as Hunter was, Joe not only knew about pretty much every bit of it, but he also was actively involved in large portions of it as well. Uh, you know, not not some of the extremely seedy, like really, really fucking weird stuff, but the the shady business dealings and uh, selling access and all of that stuff. Like a lot of that stuff is starting to look like Joe knew and actively participated. And the fact that mainstream media is continuing to try to cover it up and call it Russian uh, Russian disinformation. I'm, that is absolutely insane. I'm um, I'm pretty sure Vladimir Putin uh, like came out and publicly endorsed Joe Biden. So it's kind of hard to uh, it's kind of hard to sell me on the narrative that that the Russians are interfering and making Joe Biden look bad and trying to get Trump reelected. When the Russian president has come out and publicly endorsed Joe Biden, like you can keep. I mean, if people believe this, I got some beachfront property uh, right down the road here that I would love to sell you. It it's insane. The like I I cannot force myself to do the mental gymnastics required to uh, to buy into all that bullshit. It's just ridiculous. Uh, But like the more that comes out about it, the more it seems like there is no way Joe Biden should be able to come away from this unscathed. And that's I mean, that's the big reason why on top of the fact that he's uh, clearly in mental decline. Like anytime you watch Joe Biden try to talk and I say try to talk because he does not succeed like he flails and he tries but god it's it's hard to watch like i feel bad for the man uh, like for as much as i hate everything about every policy he has ever written or had anything to do with and he is definitely for those reasons not what i would consider a sympathetic figure i sincerely feel bad for him having to get up and basically be carted around and forced to make an ass of himself. It's embarrassing. And so that they've put a lid on his campaign. Uh, he's not going to be doing any more appearances. He's not going to be talking to reporters, like nothing. And outside of the, the fact that he's in terrible cognitive decline, it's also because... They don't want him having to address the hunter biden laptop story and they don't want him having to address it because there is no way to avoid it like they can keep trying to duck it and dodge it as much as they want and mainstream media can keep covering for him and calling it russian collusion or whatever but you can't keep hiding from it like people are starting to ask the question hell the the moderator at the debate was forced more or less, to bring it up and ask about it. Like there is no way of like there is no way of avoiding the topic of the Hunter Biden laptop anymore. and and Joe Biden's campaign knows that. Like they know that they can't just keep trying to avoid it. So they're just gonna put a lid on it and send him back to his basement and <laughs> make him hide and continue to try to just let the mainstream media cover for him. And it, uh, it's, I don't know. I, I don't know how. I don't know how a man can win an election when he's literally done nothing but sit in his basement and have every major media network carry water for him the entire time, and that's all they've done. It's the propaganda machine has been in full force. Uh, the whole reason that we have the freedom of the press was supposed to be so that. In the event that politicians and the government were doing shady, horrible shit, we had people who would stand up for us and say, hey, look, this stuff isn't right. We need to be outraged by this as American citizens. Like, We need to do something about this. These people are not supporting us. These are not our friends. They are actively against us, and instead... And there was a time when that's what it was. That's what it was. Like there was there was principle and ethics in media to actually go after the people who are the bad guys, the people who are using their power for bad things and keeping us trampled under and manipulated. And that's not what it is anymore. Like it has it has become a full-on propaganda machine. Uh, it was, I think, it was in the 70s or the 80s. Uh, they said, you know, uh, when America was fighting its war with communism, the Cold War, and everything else, like they said that uh, you won't, you won't have communism all at once. We'll slowly trickle it into you over time, and it has fucking worked it's slowly being trickled in more and more. And you can see it just in in that one specific thing really, really clearly, is that the media is now just a tool of our overlords to to keep us misinformed uh, and to make sure that the only thing that we do know about are the things that they want us to know about and that the truth of the matter is hidden and covered up and ignored and it it should be outraged it should be an outrage to everybody the fact that this is happening and the fact that they're doing it for a presidential candidate who has been in office for 50 um, you know 47 years and everything that he has done has been harmful to the people that he is supposed to support and represent Now he, he went in as a nobody and he is a multimillionaire. I, I think uh, he he's released his tax returns, which is their you know such a big deal for for the Democrats is releasing the tax returns. And so all these Democrats released their tax returns, and you see how much they paid in, they're paying in millions upon millions of dollars in taxes. If they're paying that much in, and they're paying more in in taxes in a single year than what most of us will make in our entire lifetimes. And they're paying that in. How much money are they making that that's their tax bill? And these are supposed to be public servants. And they are just robbing us. Robbing us blind. Year in and year out. And people continue to support these people and vote for these people? Fuck that. We have got to break this system. It's getting broke within the next five years, like I've said, and I, I sincerely hope I'm wrong about that. And I'm going to kind of wrap up and uh, start getting ready for the rest of my day. But like, I sincerely hope that I'm wrong and that there is a peaceful, amenable solution to all of the problems that we've seen over the past, uh, I mean, honestly, over the past 20 years. Because its it's just, since the election of 2000, it has progressively ramped up a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And I do think it's coming to a head here pretty soon. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope that the head is actually something peaceful. And I really hope that it's as simple as enough people get red-pilled to start voting for libertarian candidates or another third party. If libertarianism isn't your bag but start voting these career politicians who are getting rich off of our backs out of office and start putting actual people in power who don't want the power. The people who want to make sure that they're governing right and that they are doing what's right for US citizens and what's right by the constitution, not what's gonna pad their pockets and help them get rich. And live a cushy life. That's my sincere hope. I also sincerely hope everyone has a good day. Stay warm. Stay dry. Wake up. Start looking into the stuff that's going on. The people that are supposedly in control. And start finding a way to get them out of that control. Because they will only continue to manipulate it and use us to make themselves more powerful and more rich. Have a good day, everybody.